Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to Stop It's Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have our co-host Logan Stump. What's going on? And Matt Hartgrove. Here. Uh, now, I'm on vacation, so today I'm pretty much just hosting. I did not get a chance to see like any of these games. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to defer a lot to Logan and Matt here who, who were able to catch um, probably a good chunk of these. Um, uh, starting off with Everton, West Brom, that was Saturday, September 19th at 7.30 a.m. on Peacock, and that score finished Everton 5, West Brom 2. Uh, the first goal was 10 minutes in by West Brom, Dai and Ghana. Uh, then 31 minutes in, Calvert-Lewin scores for Everton. James Rodriguez scores 45 minutes in. 45 plus one minute, uh, Gibbs gets a red card for West Brom. Uh, Piera scores to equalize it 47 minutes in for West Brom. And then 54th minute, it's Michael Keane. 62, it's Calvert-Lewin again. And 66, it's Calvert-Lewin again for Everton. Now, you both gave Everton a lot of stick uh, at the beginning of the season before the games actually started, but... When we look at it, I think they're top of the league on goal difference. What is going on, Logan? Yeah, so um, I, you know, having having not seen James Rodriguez play in a long time, um, and I think it's going to be kind of the same thing when you look at Gareth Bale, maybe. Um, you, you've got a guy that's got a lot of talent. He's obviously got abilities on the attack. Um, and, you know, have, not having him have much success um you really do see uh a difference in the way that he's played when he came into the premier league especially on the average side. he played really well uh, and has played really well i think he's been the difference maker of the of the signings that they've made um you know he's put a he put a couple balls in um in this one against west prom um and you know last game against tottenham he didn't even he you know he didn't get on the score sheet but he put a ball in um, against West Brom um, that was just really impressive. I mean, he's he's got all the skills, um, and he really, you know, he enhances that attack that with Richarlison and Calvert-Lewis playing like they are, uh, along with Michael Keane, you know, you're just fortifying that front um, in the attack. So I think that, you know, when you look at them play, uh, I, I think when I first thought or when I first, you know, heard of the signings, I, I thought that, he wasn't quite the quality um, of player that that, that they were going to need. 
and it really has come back to bite me to say that because he's he's been fantastic. Matt, uh, Everton are your crosstown rivals, uh, but also West Brom is somebody that I believe we all picked to get relegated. Um, they were they were holding their own pretty well until the red card. Is it is it just the red card that changed the match for Everton, or uh, is um, uh, or West Brom that bad? Uh, I think it's I think it's in between the two. I, I do think they'll have games where they can hang in there for a, a good amount. And Everton are a team that, while they played well in that second half, I, I do think a lot of it had to do with the red card. So I, it's in between the two of them. West Brom are definitely off to a rough start. Now, they didn't exactly – Everton are kind of at this point. Everton have a lot of big names, and I think this is a game Everton would have won either way. Now five to two, I only think occurred because of that red card. So that's where it's kind of falling in between the two of them for me. Um, I think without that red card, you're probably looking at a two-one, three-two kind of kind of game. You're going to end up getting a, a close enough matchup where Everton pull it out in the end due to the bigger names. But I mean, if you're a fan of West Brom, I I, it's just it, it's going to be a rough year, and they they're a team that can't make those mistakes. They can't get that red card because the moment that happens, majority of these Premier League teams are going to take advantage of it, and it's just going to put them in such a, a deeper hole than what they could have been with the eleven versus eleven. Let's look at the team that uh, we've all kind of. Uh, enjoyed so far Leeds uh versus Fulham uh of course I'm talking about Fulham here no I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> Leeds, Leeds is who I'm referring to here uh Leeds finished that game finished 4-3 Leeds uh that was also Saturday September 19th that was at 10 a.m on Peacock as well five minutes in Costa scores for Leeds 34th minute Mitrovic gets his PK uh for Fulham then uh, 41st minute, Click gets a penalty for Leeds. It's 2-1 Leeds at that point. Bamford scores. It's 3-1 Leeds, 50 minutes in. 57 minutes in, Costa gets his brace, and uh, that is 4-1 Leeds. But then Reed scores 62 minutes in for Fulham, and Mitrovic's, Mitrovic gets his brace 67 minutes in. Uh, Matt, you, you saw pretty – we all saw, you know, firsthand – Leeds against Liverpool last week and uh, Leeds defense giving up goals against uh, Liverpool. But to give up three against Fulham, is there concern there for Leeds staying up? I, I don't think there's concern for them staying up. I do think for them to make it a little easier on their fans to not worry about that, I think they do need to tighten up on their defense and actually – um, they did uh, – apparently it's it's getting close or it did finalize, but it looks like they are signing Diego Lorente, who's a center back from Sociedad. Um, so it looks like they are still trying to improve upon that back line, which can only – can really only help them. Uh, but they definitely have the goal-scoring power to to win a good amount of games in the Premier League. I, I think a lot of defenses have – 
struggled already to start, and maybe we're looking at a high-scoring year. Um, so I, I don't think they need to worry about relegation, but in order to kind of give their fans a little bit calmer mindset, I, they definitely need to work on shoring up that defense because, honestly, I don't think Fulham are scoring three goals in a lot of games this year. Logan, what's your thoughts on this Leeds performance against Fulham? Yeah, so uh, it starts out poorly because Pablo Hernandez got hurt during warm-ups, and he's, he's their best midfielder, uh, in my opinion. And if you go back through his stats from last year, he was just uh, absolutely insane. He had nine assists, nine goals for a side that got promoted. Um, and he really does dictate what goes on through that midfield area. Um, so when he goes down, uh, you've got to rely on uh, different guys to step in. Um, and they went with Rodrigo in that uh, in that spot up top. And I, I think when you have an injury like that, it kind of throws off um, some of the some of the confidence that you have. But they came out like a like a bat out of hell uh, score. And not until the 62nd minute does does Fulham add uh, you know back on to their four one deficit. They they get a goal. Bobby Reed scores and. Uh, you know, I think with their attack, I just don't see – I don't see it being a cause for concern. I see Leeds, uh, especially if you start to add fans back into it, I think Leeds has a lot going for them. And like Matt said, they, they just seem like a side that's going to be willing to spend money to stay up as they already have. So I think that with the size of the club, the fan base behind them, with that storyline of – not being up in the Premier League for 16 years, I think there's just too much to you know at stake, and I, I think Leeds rises to that occasion because I think Bielsa's a really good coach uh, and manager for that side. Uh, he, his style of play seems to really fit them, and in the Premier League, I mean, you're you're talking about teams that that score a ton, so I think they fit in pretty well. And again, they're they're like the rest of the league. It seems their defense uh, goes to crap. Uh, but you know what's what's different than City or Chelsea that who don't have much of a defense. So you know I think Leeds is is an intriguing thing, and I, I think they stay right about mid table where they are currently. So this next game here is a you know mid table top level team versus a team who uh, is threatened by relegation. It's uh, Crystal Palace facing against. Uh, relegation-bound Manchester United. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Logan, you did pick Crystal Palace for relegation. We're going to hold it over your head all season Mm. because Crystal Palace beat Manchester United 3-1 on Saturday. That was at 12.30 on Peacock as well. Townsend scores seven minutes in. Uh, Wilfred Zaha scores a penalty in the 74th minute. Uh, 80th minute, Van de Beek gives me some much-needed fantasy points. Uh, and a goal for Manchester United. And then Zaha seals the deal 85 minutes in to make it 3-1. Uh, I said, too, as we were, you know, I was uh, on our we, – we were driving on down to Florida, and uh, you you were texting us about the scores. And once it was 2 nothing, you said something about how – Manchester United's done, and I was like, please don't say that until the 90th minute. <laughs> and then Van de Beek scored, and I was like, here we go. But Zaha was able to go ahead and score against uh, Manchester United. Um, Matt, trouble for Manchester United or a blip on the radar here? <laughs> uh, I, 
they're in I, I do think they're in a little bit of trouble here. Uh not not trouble as in they're looking outside the top ten. I don't even really think they're looking outside the top six. But a team like United, after finishing in the top four, are clearly gonna have those same aspirations as well as challenging for the title. And they they don't look they don't look right. They don't they're missing their midfield has some big names and Pogba just kind of is there. Uh, Bruno Fernandez seems to to really only be an influencing. It seems to only be influencing the game if it's between a, a free kick or a penalty. Um, his his dive was awful. I, I I saw highlights of this game. I, I also wasn't at home during it, but that dive was just hmm. Hmm. it. It was hard to watch, but. They really they need some signings here in the last few weeks to really give them a shot. Their their defense looks bad. I, I mean, you're looking at a team that is starting Fonsu Mensa, uh, is starting Daniel James. Those guys are not those guys are not starters for in a team that is trying for top six, top four. They're they're barely even bench players at this point, and. They need they need a left back, a right back. They need a center back. I'm not impressed with McGuire or Lindelof. They just they're going to get beat up by these top teams. And in all honesty, Palace played like a top team would against them. They the highlights I saw they were impressive. And if if United is having some trouble here, they're it's just going to get worse for them. And I I don't think uh, Van de Beek is someone who's going to influence the game in any big form. I really don't see it. Well, he it. better. His, I mean, his goal, his <laughs> goal was points. just the ball bouncing. <laughs> his goal was the ball bouncing around, and he ended up at the right place. And, you know, they do have some, some talent up top, but until they, they really need to fix that midfield and defense. And honestly, De Gea really doesn't look like the, the – should be the first-string goalkeeper. It should be him. It should be Henderson. Give him a shot. Uh, you know, Sheffield United had a really good defense last year, him being the, the center of it. And I just think you got to give him a shot and get a few of these signings in to, to consider yourself a respectable top four candidate. Logan, is it all about signings or, you know, how much of this falls on uh, Ola Gunnar uh, Solskjaer? They, they, United just suck. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, United, Don't say that because uh, you said Palace were going to get relegated. Hey, hey, <laughs> this is happening currently. Okay, chill out. <laughs> uh, I, but I will, I will tell you. I, I think Matt's got a great point. If you look at, I mean, their defense is horrible. Uh, De Gea is awful. Uh, I think you know he ends up losing his job soon. He he had a couple that he was real hesitant. He came out to punch one time and kind of like hesitantly like wanted to punch, but then also take the ball and kick it. So it was kind of like this awkward, like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, it was really just uh, watching him play. He just looks so frazzled. I mean, almost, I mean, not as bad as Kappa, but kind of has those tendencies to look like him at times. And, and he, he did, he looked totally lost. Lindelof had like four or five huge mistakes, just, you know, chances to clear and he clears it about, you know, a yard or two. I, it's just really confusing. Uh, Zaha took one from him uh, up at the top of the box. I mean, literally just took it from him. Like, that's mine. And then he scores, steps, you know, 
right into the opening and hits one um, from right up the top of the box. So, I mean, like what Matt said, you've got guys, and I think they're getting ready to implode with Pogba. I, I think if you see his reaction when, when he does pull him off, uh, you know, as he's getting pulled off, he's not real happy about Van de Beek being there. And I, honestly, I don't think Van de Beek's any better. I think he's, you know, I think he's a good player, but I'm not sure he's going to quite fit into the style of the Premier League right away. So, you know, I watching them, they're just not, they're not as threatening looking. Uh, you know, Rashford is a decent player. Uh, you know, Martial didn't do any. Might score a lot. I don't know. It's really hard to tell because he, all he, like Matt, he, he seriously, he gets in there and he flops around like a dolphin. Like, it, it's really weird. I don't know. <laughs> you know, watching him, I wouldn't be thrilled with him. I would be like, stand up, dude. <laughs> Every time he touches it, he goes down to the ground. And, and you can't finish like that. I, I don't know if he thinks he's going to get 26 penalties or whatever he had last year. Um, but, you know, I, I would be. I'd be very concerned. And not having a signing, um, that is United type signing uh, in this transfer window. And then you have that whole Sancho thing fall through when that seemed to be uh, destined to happen. And then it fell through, which I thought was kind of strange, but uh, I don't know. United see, like Matt said, I don't think they get, you know, that far down the table just cause I don't think that, you know, I think they've got enough talent to stay above the others, but I, you know, I think you are looking more at six or five. I, I think Chelsea, are a better squad. No. I, I think Wolves might even challenge. So, you know, um, Jordan, you got to mm-hmm. start giving Chelsea a little credit here. A little credit. No, <laughs> I can't. Um, uh, we'll have to see how they do. We'll get to that in a little bit here. Arsenal two, West Ham one. That's also on Saturday uh, at three p.m. That was on actual NBC Sportsnet work. Uh, 25 minutes in, Lacazette scores. 45 minutes in, Antonio scores for West Ham. And 85 minutes in, uh, Nkita uh, uh, scores for Arsenal. Nketiah. There we go. Um, what uh, is, there any, is there really anything to really say about this game? Um, Arsenal, I know you two were kind of going back and forth about how Arsenal are not didn't look that threatening in this in this game logan tell me yeah. tell me why yeah i think matt and i agree on the fact that they've got two really good players i think and then it runs thin uh you know Bob yang's a really good player lacazette is just there uh i think he's a decent uh decent player but other than that you really do you start to wonder where that next punch is coming from and i do think that they need somebody like an or or you know somebody in that midfield uh to to really prove, uh, you know, impactful in the attack. But I just don't think they have it. And watching them play against West Ham, who is a really yeah. underwhelming side to watch, they just did not look good. Uh, even their defense fell apart against them, which they had been very reliant upon over the last, you know, 14 or 15 since the restart. Uh, and I know of different seasons, but they had looked really good. But this was this was kind of a step back for Arsenal, in my opinion, even though they collect the three. Matt, your thoughts on Arsenal and West Ham? So, I, my opinion, I don't know how people would feel about this, but honestly, I remember when I first started watching football here, and even a few years into it, Arsenal were a very exciting team. They scored goals in bunches. Theo Walcott, Oxlade-Chamberlain, they have, you know, these guys, mm-hmm. they would score, it seemed like, at will. And Arteta does have them playing better, but 
honestly, they're becoming the opposite end of that spectrum where they're just, they're boring. And even the two, the most recent games against Liverpool, because I, I mean, that's the team I watch the most is always going to be Liverpool. It wasn't as if Arsenal outplayed them. It was Arsenal put 10 behind the ball and, you know, Aubameyang runs down the left and they just hope for someone to make a mistake. And for the most part of the of the game that I was watching with West Ham, I felt like West Ham were more threatening with the ball than Arsenal were. They just kind of wait for you to make a mistake or two, and if you don't make it, it's hard for them to score. And I think, I, I think in the same realm of United, they there's still a few signings away before they can take that next step and actually start threatening, really any of the top three teams, with it being City. Liverpool and, and Chelsea, I, I really believe, are still the top three no matter what happens here. But for these teams to start threatening that, they need to they need to figure something out because Arsenal just look like they want to sit back as much as they can. They want to hope you make one mistake. They're going to toss it over to Aubameyang and hope he creates some magic. And, you know, it's just it, – it is. I They just look like a different team than what I started watching football. And – while it's giving them some better results, I think for them to really challenge in the league and in Europe, they really need to start expanding upon what Arteta's has done or they're not going to get there. Let's go over to everybody's favorite, Jose Mourinho and his Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, who, they win 5-2 to two over Southampton on Sunday, September 20th. That was on 7 a.m. Eastern on Peacock as well. Uh, 32 minutes in, Danny Ng scores for Southampton. Then Sun uh, just goes off. 45th plus two, Sun scores for Spurs. <laughs> 47th minute, Sun scores. 64th minute, Sun scores. 73rd minute, Sun scores. Then Kane scores, 82th minute in. Uh, and then Danny Ings gets another one uh, on the 90th minute. Uh, uh, Kane also had like two or three of these assists for Sun as well. So mm-hmm. I said, he had all four of them. We, we were yeah, just giving a very, we were just giving Jose the, the, you know, uh, a hard time <laughs> last week, but uh, he, he goes out and beats Southampton five to two. Is it just that they ran up against a good Everton side last week? Uh, you would think Spurs should be better than Everton, uh, you know, every season. But, uh, you know, one, is Tottenham going to be lower than Everton on the table, Matt? And two, uh, or is this just a turnaround for Spurs and and Jose has the locker room again? Uh, At this point, the way the teams are looking, it, it seems as though they will be behind Everton in the end of it. Um, honestly, I think this was more of a, a one-off type game where really the goals came in bunches. It, you know, Southampton, they finished the season strong last year. However, watching them so far, they're not, they don't really do anything impressive. You know, Danny Ings is clearly still one of the better strikers in the league, but their defense is pretty, you know, it, it's pretty open from the midfield all the way to the back. It's just not. They don't look like they're going to stop a lot of teams from scoring. And, you know, Kane and Son are two of the better players, so they, they took advantage of it. But really, I 
I just think this was more of a one-off against a team that struggled for a good 45 minutes. And in, in all seriousness, the Southampton looked way, looked better than Tottenham in that first half. And it just, it all fell apart after a few, a few goals and they just, they couldn't get it back. So I, I just think it was more of a one-off on Tottenham's end, you know, and, and they are a team that looks like if they have a bad loss or two, it's just going to be a, it's going to be so bad in that uh, locker room. I can't imagine the morale and how that team functions together. If they have a few bad results string together um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's going to get worse if that happens. So it's, it, this is just a, I fully believe a one-off scenario this past week. Logan, we all know Jose Mourinho is your favorite manager of all time. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Tottenham before we move on to Newcastle, Matt? Uh, Harry Kane's really impressive. He, you know, it, it would be interesting to see what would happen if they don't do well this year, as far as Kane's concerned. I, I don't know if he goes anywhere, but I think it would be interesting to have that narrative of like, could he actually leave and go make another side better? I know. I know the city fans that one of the podcasts they were like they really want him. I don't get the the want for him. I mean he's good, but I don't you know, I think if City's gonna go after a striker, they go after somebody younger. Uh but I you know, watching Kane play as a striker and had four assists and the way that he played, it, it was uh unbelievable. He had one there was one I think it's the last assist. It's really cool. If you go and watch his head, he so they they leak one out to I think he's on the right side and he's going up the right side and then he turns once and he sees Sun mm-hmm. like out of the corner of his eye and he I mean turns on a dime and just kicks it. Not he didn't look at him again to see where Sun had gone, but he kicks it and it lands right at the feet of Sun running through the box. It was it was like wow that's that's a really good play for you know a very good footballer. Uh, and I think that, you know, Kane deserves a lot of credit for what he's going to do with that team. But like Matt said, I don't think they're better than Everton. And I think Jose just – he has a tendency to just melt teams down. And, um, I mean, he there's one thing at the end of the game. He interrupts Son's interview and says Harry Kane's the, the, the man of the match. Kind of jokingly, but he doesn't have like a joking uh-huh. face. <laughs> Jose doesn't really – and Son kind of looks at him like, okay, dude. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's kind of uncomfortable. Um after I've just scored four. So, you know, and then he goes, oh, well, Harry was, you know, I think man of the match, but it does. It seems like there's some, like some weird friction between the club. And I, I don't think it ends well for, for Jose. Moving on to Sunday, September 20th, 9 a.m. on Peacock was Newcastle versus Brighton. Brighton won that one three nil. Um, four minutes in a penalty kick uh, for Malpay. Um, then we get, he scores another one just three minutes later, seven minutes in 83rd minute Connolly adds another goal for Brighton. And then in the 87th minute, it's a red card to Brighton after a VAR check for Bissouma. Um, any thoughts on this one, Logan, uh, how, how are Newcastle looking? It seems like they had a, you know, okay. Showing week one this week, it's, it's no good. Yeah, I think when you look at it, especially since I watched Arsenal play West Ham, and then you know I look back at it, and Newcastle was was impressive. Uh, I think they've definitely improved. 
Uh, how much, I, I don't know. How much they move up the table, I don't know. I do think they stay towards the middle of pack. This wasn't impressive. This was, but, but that being said, I, I actually think Brighton has gotten a lot better. I think Brighton has uh, that like eighth mm-hmm. to seventh spot, like look to them, uh, especially with the way they defend and you add uh, White in and, and, you know, you got Dunk and, You've got guys like Lamptey playing like he is. Uh, they look really good. So I think, you know, it's hard to tell this early on if Newcastle's, uh, if, you know, Brighton's that good and Newcastle's just kind of that average. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to watch because I think Newcastle added what they needed yeah. to add to improve. But I'm not sure that Brighton, I'm not sure that Brighton's a bad side. I think they're actually pretty good. Uh, I really like watching them play in their style of play that playing from the back with Lamptey is just so much fun to watch. He's so Yeah, they quick. played well against Chelsea, too, in week one. So, Matt, any thoughts mm-hmm. on uh, on Brighton-Newcastle match? No, I, mean, I, I I agree a lot with what Logan said. I mean, they, Brighton do look pretty impressive in their first two games and, and similar exactly what Logan said about their defense. Then White, Dunk, Lamptey, honestly, looks <clears> – <throat> Lamptey will have to – if Lamptey continues to play the way he is, I, it's almost wondering if he's going to end the season on Brighton with how well he's been playing and how some teams mm-hmm. are looking at defenders. Um, and, you know, they, they have a solid midfield with Bazuma and Trissard and Lilana. Once he's fully healthy, I think is such a key player with that team. Um, they, they look good. I mean, I, there's not really much else to say. Newcastle look like they're going to be in the same – 14 to 16 area and Brighton looking like they're going to be around that anywhere from eight to 12, really with, with good results against some good teams if they can. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see how they, they go about it. I actually, they have also one of my favorite kits in the premier league. I actually really like that blue and white that they got with the Nike and they've got Nike with them. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping they play well. I would like to see them in that low top 10 high teens range. All right, moving on to the big match on Sunday. That was at 11.30 a.m. on Peacock as well. Liverpool to Chelsea, nil. 45 minutes in, Christensen red card after a VAR check. 50 minutes in, we got a Mane goal. 54 minutes in, we get another Mane goal. (laughs) And 75th minute in, uh, Jorginho missed his first penalty kick as a Chelsea player. Um, So I, I was able to see... Most of this one, uh, definitely up and I, I definitely saw up till the second goal. Um, part of the issue was as I'm in the passenger seat, um, there was a few times where uh, we would hit areas with uh, low service that would either pause my stream or look very blocky where it looked like I am watching it on dial up. Uh, so there's times I couldn't even see the ball. Um, <laughs> But I tried my best. One, uh, what was Kepa doing? Uh, there was that one time where Liverpool. I don't think anyone knows. Uh, Liverpool goes, Liverpool goes <laughs> all into the corner of the box, and Kepa just mm-hmm. followed him, leaving that goal mm-hmm. wide open. Luckily, nothing came <laughs> of it. But uh, th- there's got to be a point there where Kepa's like, "I'm going too far out. I have to turn around." Uh, he never reached that limit. Uh, also, what was Christensen doing? <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> playing the wrong type of football. He's playing American football. Just totally tackled um, mm-hmm. the Liverpool player. I think it was Mane. 
didn't he? Wasn't it Mane he yep. tackled? It was Mane. And uh, in the 54th minute goal, the second one for Mane, I believe that one came from Keppa on a giveaway as well. So uh, this is this is what I was t- kind of talking about last week when you know we we broached the subject of what is a good season for Chelsea. As long as they have these defensive problems and the liability in the back with Keppa, which might be short-lived with Mendy coming in. But here's the thing. We all thought Keppa would be good coming in. Can Mendy come in and have the same issues, or will he be an improvement? We don't really know yet. And no matter how much you put up the front, uh, even when there were 11 players on Chelsea, we barely had the ball. We barely touched the ball uh, from what I could see on my screen anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just times where we didn't even like – we couldn't settle it. We couldn't get it. We were just chasing it around, and then we get the red card and right before the half. And my first thought was going into half, like, okay, if we can just get in the half, you know, nil-nil, we'll be okay. Then we go down a man, and you're like, well, now it's inevitable. It's inevitable. I knew we were going to lose at that point. Uh Jorginho, you know, missing his uh, penalty, it had to happen sometime. You're never going to make all of your chances. Um, so uh, the, the part that I feel bad about that is if Keppa had not given away the goal in the 54th minute and we still get the penalty, if we had made that, it could have been a 1-1 draw. But uh, mm-hmm. that's my thoughts on it. Matt, your thoughts as a Liverpool supporter on – Hallie looked against uh, Chelsea, the team that uh, all your Liverpool fans say should win the league. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, <laughs> the game itself, I was, I, I was honestly, I was impressed. I felt Liverpool played one of their better games in the last, uh, and honestly in the year of 2020 of a whole. They, you know, the first half was very slow moving. It felt just as though Liverpool dominated ball possession. Chelsea almost seemed a lot like a like one of these Arsenal games where they they put everybody behind the ball, yeah. kind of hope for a mistake, and you know tried to see if they could get Werner out on a on a run, and you know he did get a few small chances, but Liverpool mm-hmm. tended to hold up on that end, um, and you know they didn't make a mistake. Liverpool had even Fabinho at the back, and he honestly played better than Gomez or Matip has played. When he was at center back, which was which was great to see, and and honestly, that red card I was shocked first went to yellow at all because even you know watching it in real time, it seemed as though that's a clear red. And once it happened, I, I think I did tell Logan I was like I would bring Tiago on and see what he can do with with this being down with uh, ten versus eleven. And you know Liverpool brought Tiago. It sounds like Henderson actually might have had a slight injury. He didn't train today. So we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that. But, you know, he, he came on and Liverpool continued. They they kind of looked as though they put it into cruise control after it got to 2-0. Um, Liverpool's first goal was, honestly, it was pure Liverpool football right there with the passing uh, from, it really was between Thiago and Keita and Mane. And then it went over to Trent and then Salah and then Firmino over to Mane again who scores. And then they capitalized on Keppa's big air with trying to kick it out from goal and just kicking it right to yeah. Mane. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> oh, sorry. So uh, it, you know, it was it was 
it was impressive. And I felt like once they got up 2 0, they kind of just put it into cruise control. And, you know, they did that slight mistake with, with the penalty. But, you know, Allison saved it. And similar to Jorginho finally missing one, Allison did finally get his first Liverpool <laughs> penalty save. So it feels like that was the right. Uh, it felt like a right. He moment got me for that. points in fantasy, I guess, is one way to to look at it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I think I think what really it shows is that I I really feel this shows that Thiago opens up a different type of mm-hmm. of playing style for Liverpool because just with him in there in 45 minutes, I mean the stats showed he had the most passes and a premier league player for playing 45 minutes or less with 75 mm-hmm. and it, it's such a different dynamic and honestly i think i think in a game maybe even mid-season liverpool might win that in the same same type of instance they might win that three four nil but honestly it did felt like they put it just a little bit into cruise control and just saw what could happen and actually keppa made some nice saves uh after he gave up the two goals there was a few where it looked like he you know, Liverpool are inches away from that, you know, third, fourth goal. But I, I just think it does. I think it's it's somewhat of a statement game. You know, if it's still early in the season, so you can't – I don't feel like you can really say that for for sure. But it did show that Liverpool with Thiago have a different way of playing that they can now introduce to the Premier League. And I think that just makes it, it – it should make it scarier on all the teams. You know, Liverpool look – like they can probably do similar to what they did last year um, with the amount of points. And I think that just puts pressure on teams, especially a city. Logan, any thoughts on this match before we move on? Uh, get rid of Kappa. Tiago's a silent killer, kind of like David Silva kind of has that weird mentality of, I'm just going to carve you like a knife. Um, but again, Jordan, like I think, I think your attack is going to be really scary once Kai Havertz figures it out. And they talk about Havertz being generational talent, but I'm telling you, I think Werner ends up being one of the best Premier League players uh, here in a year or so. I, I think that he just takes the helm. I, he, his pace is unbelievable. I mean, the, the things and options that he creates is, is just unbelievable to watch. Watching Pulisic mm-hmm. and him run around all the time should be really fun because it'll be really fast. Mason Mount, I mean – you guys got a huge attack, but I, like you said, Jordan, you, you really do. You need some help on defense. But, uh, you know, I, I think if you score five or six goals like you could, uh, I don't think it's really going to matter at that I point. I like to score just have... one. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and with the Chelsea defense, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, yeah, they're what? Uh, Tiago, say, Tiago Silva's that. coming in, Ben Chilwell's coming in. I mean, yeah, they're playing tomorrow that. in the yeah. in the cup match. Yeah, so like, oh I mean, yeah, you anchor they're, that. Then. They're coming in. I yeah. I don't watch Chelsea enough to know who exactly is Ti- is Thiago Silva replacing Christensen or is he more replacing Zuma? I hope Zuma? so. <laughs> Christensen. Well, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, everybody kind of rolled their eyes when they saw Christensen in the lineup. So I would assume that's who he'd be replacing. Um, I think I. Zuma Maybe is yeah, Zuma is serviceable at times. I, I think uh, I, I think we mm-hmm. need another center back in there at some point too. Really, I'm ready to move on from both yeah. of them. It's it's um it, well it's interesting with the the foul Christensen made. There's actually I don't I know I heard the stat once, but it's, it's and I think City might have let it in the in the league two years ago and in Liverpool last year. But somebody or somewhere there's a stat that's like strategic foul where you 
you know, you foul somebody, but mm-hmm. you, you yeah. do it, and you, you yep. might even get a yellow card, but you did it. You usually, you usually do it on a team. breakaway, but but not when they're on their own. Not, not I was gonna say that's guy. where I think. <laughs> I was gonna say like tackle. that's where I think Christensen, when he looks obviously when he looks back on it, he's gonna go. It's probably better for Mane to get the ball, go around Keppa, <laughs> and be yeah. down one nil, but you're still and even. Down, man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he he well, literally mm-hmm. he tackled he tackled better than some Miami Dolphins tackled tackle people <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's frustrating because you know everybody kind of talked to christensen up for years and years and years before he made his mm-hmm. debut uh and the same thing with zuma and it's just uh you know still not really working out zuma did have a, a devastating well. injury that he's coming back from but uh moving on to leicester city they win four to two over burnley that was also on sunday that was at 2 p.m on nbcsn Burnley took the lead, though, first. Ten minutes in, Wood scores. Twenty minutes in, Barnes scores for Leicester. Then it's an own goal off of Peters 50 minutes in to give Leicester a 2-1 lead. 61 minutes in, Justin scores uh, for Leicester. Then that makes it 3-1. Then Dunn scores for Burnley to make it 3-2, 73 minutes in. And then uh, 79 minutes in is Prate uh, for Leicester. Uh, that makes it four to two, Leicester. Leicester looking like they're uh, back on track after kind of faltering at the end of last season. Um, Matt, you have experience with Brendan Rodgers. Uh, isn't this always how it seems to go, though? Good start, <laughs> kind of poor finish. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I I don't have anything against him, so I, I do tend to uh, I do tend to like to see him have success but he really he needs to um he really needs to show that he can do it throughout the year and they mm-hmm. have they've they've started well but again it's gonna a lot of it's gonna again come down to facing these these high these better teams i know i believe they have city next i, I want to say i believe that might be their next game and yeah, i think that's just it, it yeah. these are the games where he's gonna have to prove that his style of play can can match up to those who have the ability to run with that team because you know he he has a a very attacking mindset you know he makes sure his with players on that team you're going to see goals scored um they have a pretty solid defense but it's not the best you're not going to see them really keep tons of clean sheets i feel like against against a lot of the top half of the league um and honestly they you know jamie vardy I wish he would have scored a goal for my fantasy team, but you know that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know they they signed that Castagne or Castagne. I know we've probably yeah. butchered that name multiple times, and he looks good. Um, you know, I just I just need to see him do it more consistently before I would I could really expect him to end up in the top four again um, or really compete for the top four. They'll be in the top ten for the most of the year, but they just they really have to show they can compete with the better teams in order for them to get anywhere higher than I would say fifth is what they're looking at as a ceiling right now. Still. Logan, your thoughts on Lester or Burnley before we move on. Yes. I'll speak on the Burnley side of it. I, it's so tough because a team that, that I think, you know, Sean Dyche plays, he, he's got them playing so well, um, but he can't spend any money. And there's actually a news article out uh, this week that their best defender, that Tarkowski, 
who's on my fantasy team who they can't they can't sell him but they're they're actually looking at selling him because they don't have any funds and they've asked Daesh about it and he said you know I don't my hands are kind of cuffed here uh, and if you look around the teams around them I mean Newcastle and all them uh, Brighton uh, will all these teams that are smaller tier but but do have the competitive side to you know be able to break that top 10 they all add pieces and Burnley's out here adding a keeper and then, you know, back behind Pope. Cause I think Pope eventually leaves. Uh, it's so confusing. Cause it's, it's, it's confusing for me because city just spends money out their ears, but it's really confusing. Cause they just, you know, they have a good side. If you're, if you're, you know, director of operations over there, if you're, you know, you own that team, can you find some kind of financial, um, you know, means to to make them you know a move or two necessary they don't really have much of an attack that's what they're missing uh i think that you know unfortunately i think burnley is in a really really tough spot right now and i think it's only going to get worse from here let's move on to the monday games aston villa won one to nil over sheffield united um that was at 1 p.m eastern uh, 12 minutes in was a red card for Sheffield. Egan gets sent off. 36 minutes in, Sheffield missed a penalty. That was Lundstram who missed that. 63 minutes in, Villa get on the board with uh, Konsa. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Matt, you, you texted me while I'm walking around Hollywood Studios saying, <laughs> what a crazy <laughs> game. And then before it ends, it was, oh, that wasn't much... <laughs> Going on, so I was a little confused. <laughs> no, it like, was. <laughs> uh, was it because of the red card and the missed penalty at first? That yeah, it was. So it crazy? was just. Yeah, the initial start of it was was pretty hectic with that red card and and then the penalty and then they saves the, he saves the penalty. But after that, I mean, even after the saving of the penalty, the game just it just dragged on. Uh, yeah. You know, neither of those teams are very very thrilling. Honestly, Villa had some uh, some nice build-up play. Uh, I, Ollie Watkins looks like he, he actually could be pretty good here in the Premier League, which I think would be mm-hmm. nice because I think sometimes it's a little worrying with championship strikers. You don't know how they're going to yeah. handle it. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's definitely good on the Villa yeah. end. I Honestly, I'm, I'm not as big of a believer this year in Sheffield as I think some people are. I think I don't see them doing as well as they did last year. I They really, really need to to hit on a few either players that they've signed, which you know they've signed some smaller names, but they could definitely develop them. But they they definitely need some excitement in their team. They they don't look like they're going to score a lot of goals. They don't have Henderson in the back again. They've got Ramsdale. They're they're going to need something to really kickstart their team. Or I I think they're going to end up honestly in the round twelve to maybe even fifteen if if they can't right. find that and. And this is where I think someone like Rion Brewster from Liverpool could really go there and mm-hmm. possibly make a nice name for himself. And I think they need that, or it's it could be. And sadly, because I've you know Wilder's a nice, a really nice manager, and they have a lot. You have a lot to root for with that team, but they need something, or it, it could be a really, really rough year for their for them and their fan base. All right. Uh... Let's uh, Logan. Anything on that before we move on to the city game? No, I think just building on Aston Villa. I, I love their signings. I love Ollie Watkins. I love Bertrand. I, you know, I think you know Matty Cash. I think they're great signings for a club that 
was kind of suffering there and, and battling for that relegation, it, you know, stay up. I I think that they've improved. I really do. I think and Grealish is is a good footballer and. You know, I think they've got a lot of options now. And Ollie Watkins, that is cool to watch him because, you know, we all played him with FIFA. So it's, that's, fun to, that's fun to watch. Um, also, I think it's funny that you always shorten it to Aston a lot of times when everybody shortens it to Villa. <laughs> no, I love calling them Aston because they're assholes. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the last game of the week. Manchester City beat Wolves 3-1. <laughs> they get the monkey off of their back finally. Or I guess the wolf off of their Woo-hoo! back, actually. Uh, that was at 3.15 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Cabrinha um, mm-hmm. scored a penalty 20 minutes in. Then Foden scores uh, 32 minutes in. Raul Jimenez give me that sweet fantasy points. 78 minutes in for Wolves. And 90 plus mm. 5. Uh, Jesus uh, scores for City. Logan, how, how good do you feel here about that performance after they could not beat Wolves last season? I, so it was, I mean, people are saying it was a tale of two halves, but, but playing Wolves at Wolves, even though there's not fans, uh, you, you're going to get competitive game. And I actually expected more of a competitive uh, side in the first half, but, but city, I loved that the city dominated the ball. I think it was like 68% um, of the time they had possession, which is peps. You know, he wants that. Yeah. He wants that possession. Um, he likes to carve up the defense and, you know, I'm really impressed with, I was really impressed with John Stones. I didn't know he was still alive and and well. I uh, hadn't seen him in a while. Um, he played well. Uh, I think Ake is going to be a huge signing for City. I think that he fills in all sorts of roles that they could possibly need. I know he can play some central defensive mid because they've had him training there. They've had him training left back, uh, which they desperately need. Uh, and then it does sound like they're going to get Koundé or uh, one of the, I think it's Jimenez or Jimenez from uh, Atletico, who's always hurt. So, you know, he fits in <laughs> nicely with like Odomendi and them. Um, and Stones is always hurt. So hell, just add another hurt defender. Um, but I think when you look at it, De Bruyne, is, he's going to be the best player in Premier League. And you know, it's just kind of how he plays. And it's so calming to watch him in the midfield. Uh, it was really weird to look out there first match of the game or first match of the year and not see Silva running around. But I think Foden is going to be special, uh, and he played pretty well. Uh, so that was that was exciting to watch. Um, but it will be interesting. I, I think it, it all depends on how well Jesus plays, how early Aguero can get back, and if City can find, you know, somebody to finish goals. Because I think that, you know, we score a lot, but I think that when it comes down uh, to it and it comes into these important games where we need goals, we don't get them from people that, that should score them. Matt, Wolves looked so. really good week one. Uh, obviously, they had to go up against, you know, the second-best team in the Premier League. Um, so this is just a regular uh, – they'll take the L right and move on to the next match and probably <laughs> look good as well next week. Yeah, I'm, you know, they they did honestly look – I was impressed with them in the second half. First half, they looked they looked awful in the first half. But the second half, you could really – they really should have tied City before City got that last goal. Um, they're a good team. They're going to be in it. They're going to definitely be in the fight for European spots. I don't think – I don't feel they're top four unless mm-hmm. unless some teams do struggle worse than what they, they might end up struggling with. But 
they're definitely top six material. They're going to give every team fits. I, it didn't seem like it at, at the start, but they they really did turn it around after halftime. And this Podence, Pondence, he, he looked really good. He nutmegged De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. And that, that goal was so mm-hmm. impressive. And Traore is already – you watch him. He's he's going to end up on a, a bigger team. Even though I think Wolves is the best spot for him, I think he could really shine there. A bigger team's going to come in for that guy and, and sign him. Um, they they have a lot of good talent on that team, and I, I'm excited to see how they finish. Um, but but yeah, I, all I want to say, the last thing I want to say really with that game is, you know, Phil Foden got me a win in, in <laughs> fantasy Premier League, and <laughs> it's it's nice to get on the the scoreboard in the league. Yeah, same here. Um... Yeah, yeah you're how it feels. Too. Tell me how it feels. <laughs> hey, but I get Tiago. We'll so. see. We'll see. Yeah, Unless Jared and takes you said him. that, and now uh, he mm. can listen. And... Well, and Jared, if you're listening, Jared, if you're listening, I will I will pay you money <laughs> to not take him. <laughs> um, upcoming matches, Saturday, September 26th at 7.30 a.m. is Brighton versus Manchester United. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Everton at 10 a.m. Uh, West Brom versus Chelsea at 12.30 on Saturday. Burnley versus Southampton at 3 p.m. Sunday, September 27th is Sheffield versus Leeds at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Tottenham versus Newcastle at 9 a.m. Manchester City versus Leicester at 11.30 a.m. West Ham versus Wolves at 2 p.m. And then Monday, Fulham versus Aston Villa at 1 p.m. And then Liverpool versus Arsenal at 3.15 p.m. Let me just make sure this is not going to cut us off before we can talk preview here. Let's see. No, that's good. Okay, no, we're still going. Okay, good. I I thought before the limit was 60 minutes, so I was a little worried there. Um, For people listening, because I'm probably not cutting that out, that is, uh, we're just using a different method right now while I'm down here on vacation. Uh, So I picked three matches here, uh, random ones, really, to kind of talk about uh, for predictions. Saturday, September 26, 10 a.m., Crystal Palace versus Everton. Logan, who do you have winning this one? They both look good recently. (sighs) Well, I gotta pick Everton, right? Because <laughs> mathematically, this Andrew isn't working very well. He's no, like, oh. <laughs> he still doubts us. <laughs> okay, but I'm picking. Yeah, but I'm picking. I'm picking Everton okay. because of good reason. I, I think Everton is is. I, I hate that we Matt and I felt so sour about them, but I love those toffees. I, I really do feel like they've improved their club. Their midfield looks great. It looks alive, uh, rather than like the the ghost of people past. Um, I, I really do. I like what Everton's done. I think that they're a good side. I think they challenge for Europe, dare I say. Uh, so, yeah, I think they win. I think they take it easily. I think they settle Palace down. They somehow stop Zaha since nobody seems that they can. Uh, I think they win it 2-1. All right. Matt, who are you going with here? I, I'm going with neither. I... <laughs> <gasps> Somebody else is going to yeah, win the third team. <laughs> um, I think it's a, I, I honestly, this game to me screams a draw. Um, I think they're going it, to, it's going to be a very evenly played match. And I, I just see it ending one, one, both these teams look like they, they have similar play styles. 
Um, Everton definitely have bigger names, but I think Palace, the way they've been playing, puts even with their lesser names at the same type of skill that they that they have. And it just to me, it just screams draw. It screams one one. Um, in a game where you know, I think it will be an exciting one one. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Uh, but I just think in the end, both these teams are playing at similar talent levels right now, and it just ends perfectly 1-1 before Copenhagen comes in and gets that <laughs> game <winning. laughs> I was wondering when they were going to start playing um, their matches. Uh, but no. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have Everton winning 3-2. Uh, I have a, it seems like there's been a lot of high-scoring games lately. I'm going to go for the way over there. Um, Sunday, we have Tottenham versus Newcastle. Logan, who do you have on this one? Oh, boy, this will be fun. No, I'm going to go Tottenham, even though I don't really care much for Jose. Uh, I think off of a four, uh, five-goal performance, sorry, five-goal performance uh, playing against Newcastle, who looked kind of shaky yeah. uh, in a in, you know in their last match. I really do. I think Tottenham controls this one, and then the Tottenham fans are happy and think they'll finish in Europe, but they won't. Uh, I, I think they're going to win it. I'm going to go with – I'll go 1-0. One nil with Tottenham. All right. Before we get to Matt here, I'm gonna say Spurs win this one, uh, seven nothing with Sun scoring seven. I'm just kidding. No, it's gonna be nice. a, it's gonna be a three one for me here. Uh, Spurs. Matt, what, who you have here? I uh, I've got Spurs too. They they're a better team. Newcastle, I think, are still gonna be struggling for the most part this year, and it's gonna. I think it will be a, a pretty simple three one victory for Tottenham here. Oh, same score. Yeah. There's not right. really too much detail into it. They're Tottenham are the better team. Yeah, definitely. Uh they should win. They should win. Uh and then Monday I got the big one. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Logan, who do you have on this one? So I, I I'm gonna go with Liverpool. Um I'm going to say that they're not happy about uh, their last performance um, in their community. Um, I think when you look at it, I think Tiago steps in and you'll, you'll see him full 90 this time. Hopefully I'm hoping I'm praying that I'm right. Cause I think it'll be just so much fun. It'll be so much fun to watch. I, I I'm like, I'm like, intrigued by him because of how much he reminds me of the way Silva used to just methodically sit back there and pick people apart. Uh, so I'm really excited to watch him. Plus I can't stand Arsenal for some I've never been able to stand Dad, cover them. your ears. Um, it, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Chuck. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. They just annoy the crap out of me. And I think Obama Yang's a, a diva. So I don't know. I, I really don't like to pick Arsenal, so I might never ever not ever pick them. So we might even do a fun one of Arsenal and West Brom at some <laughs> point, and I'll pick West Brom. But um, no, I'm going to go uh, Liverpool. I'm going to say it's 4-1 Jeez. Liverpool. I think they kill them. Matt, Matt, who do yeah. you have here? Uh, wow. It's, uh, it's got to wow. be Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think, uh, well, first off, the Liverpool haven't lost at – Anfield since 2017 against mm-hmm. you know, it was against Crystal Palace. And I really and Arsenal <laughs> never tend to play well at Anfield. Even I don't even think it's going to mm-hmm. change with fans, but I do think 
the thing Liverpool missed the last two games against them was Thiago in the midfield. And I think if with Thiago in the in the starting eleven, I fully believe he starts. I don't see how Arsenal could play the same game that they've been playing recently against Liverpool. And I think that's just going to either they're going to completely open themselves up and it's going to be high scoring or you're going to have Liverpool run rampant over them, which they tend to do at Anfield. And I, I kind of – I'm close to Logan's scoreline. I think this one ends uh, 4-0. I think, honestly, Thiago is going to just change the complete ball game here with them. And I just, I just don't see Arsenal getting close to the basically the skill level that Liverpool have in these types of games. It's going to be it's going to be a rough game for Arsenal fans. I was going to choose Arsenal, but as you mentioned there, there's one thing that uh <laughs> that that stops that is Thiago, I think. Uh and I think with him if it wasn't uh if he wasn't there, I think I would pick the upset just to be a little different here, but I have to go with Liverpool 3-1. I think is what my final scoreline is going to be there. Uh, but that about wraps up our show. Let me just say the standings real quick, how everything is so far in this uh, season. It's only two weeks old, but Leicester is top of the league with five gold differential, six points. Everton, six points with four gold differential and second. Arsenal, six points with four gold differential as well. Uh, fourth place is Liverpool with six points and three goal differential. Fifth place rounding out that European spot is Crystal Palace. Uh, take that, Logan. Six points, three. <laughs> mm. uh, we got a while to go, though. Uh, in the relegation zone right now, it's West Brom in 20th place with zero points and minus six goal differential. 19th place is Southampton, zero points, minus four goal differential with Fulham in 18th place, zero points, minus four goal differential. When we look at goals right now, uh, Calvert-Lewin is the top goal scorer, along with Sun with four goals, and Zaha rounding out that with three. Um, Assist right now, Harry Kane is up there. That's mostly from that one game there, four assists. But yeah, so so far that's that's how it's going. you know, last week Salah was top of the uh, top of the goal scoring, and that was Matt's pick to win Golden Boot. And now it's Calvert Lewin. So you never know how this is going to go uh, in the Premier League. So we will. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to. I wanted to bring up one more thing. Uh, Matthew Hartgrove predicted the future in the Man City and Wolves game. Uh, he hit it right on the nail. Uh, 3-1 oh, City. Oh, oh so good nice. that. I said 2-2. Two, yeah, two. So I had to I had to write a number of goals, but uh, I was a little hopeful. Hopeful <laughs> thinking. <there. laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps us up here. So thank you for listening to our show. Kane has stolen it at the death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.